Okay, so as I mentioned, today is the 48th anniversary of Roe v. Wade. And as I said in the opening, please stay with us. My heart was changed from doing a summary of the laws, the protections, and the effect that this issue has had in our nation over the last nearly half a century. I'm not going to do that. I had something prepared that I had worked a lot on and was motivated to throw it away. I think you've heard enough of that from me. And I decided that, yes, this is the sin that cries to heaven for vengeance. That's why it is the preeminent issue that even our U.S. bishops have pointed to. If you watched on Wednesday, I pointed out all the laws that protect life that are being set to maybe be overturned. And it did seem kind of hopeless. I admit, I became quite discouraged. I became slightly despondent. What's happening, Lord? What's going on? So many people are praying. So many people are asking for your help. But that night in reflection, it came to me strongly after a conversation with someone. And we don't want to lose hope. This is so much a given. God is in control. We know this. Not on any particular administration. It doesn't matter who is in power. God is in power. The secular power is this. The eternal power is what matters. I realized I can't get discouraged over things and despair over things I cannot change, that I cannot control. Now, in a way, we can change through prayer. Please don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm not about to go and drive a bus down to Washington, D.C. and chain myself to a rock and, and, and die by starvation in, penance or in a protest. I could do that. I don't feel that's what God's calling to me to do. And then someone sent me a, or it occurred to me, a saying that I had heard before, and a friend sent it to me. And I think this is what changed everything for me the last two days. You've heard it. I love it. God, give me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Okay, why do I bring this all up? We can make a change. But I don't feel it is necessarily that I can sit up here and give you a string of laws and whatnot and say that I can change that. In a way, we can through prayer, yes. But what we can do is we can support these mothers who are looking to maybe end a life, change their heart not just the law. And I started thinking about this. This is where there's hope. It doesn't matter what the law says if we change hearts. 
If we change hearts, we are, that's what Jesus did. Jesus didn't change the law. He changed the hearts. And then God's kingdom comes. Wow. Even if the law says this woman now can take her life, if that mother doesn't want to do that and wants to have the baby, she can. This is powerful in this reflection. What we can do is pray. We can pray, ask for forgiveness. We could do penance. That's why I'm in purple. We can trust in God. We can surrender to him. And we can do the first Fridays and first Saturdays as Mary asks us. You know, I really was worried. Is Russia been consecrated? I can't worry if Russia has been consecrated and is the cause of all this. I can't worry if this is the reason the errors of Russia are being spread because I can't control that. I can't control if the Holy Father consecrated Russia or not. Whether or not he did or didn't, I can't control that. But what I can control is although the consecration of Russia is out of my hands and your hands, it's between God and the Holy Father. What I can control and you can control is to consecrate ourselves to the Blessed Mother and to do the first Fridays and first Saturdays. So join us. Don't lose hope. This is the time more than any. Stay with us. We're already talking about many things that we're going to be doing to be with you. We know that you are alone. We know the churches are closed. We know you don't have access to the sacraments. And sometimes as priests, since we do have access to the sacraments, a friend pointed out to me, I don't know if you guys know how much we're suffering. I, I think I do. I hear it in your words and your comments. And so we're going to do everything to stay with you. Now, I have not checked on this, so I, I, I'm not 100% sure, but if Brother Mark, and I know he's got a million things on his schedule, but if he's able, at 3 o'clock today, I'd like to lead the holy hour. And I don't know if Mark can give me a thumbs up or thumbs down from the, the balcony. Okay, awesome. He gave me a thumbs up. We're going to be here today live at 3 o'clock. Be with us. Because this holy hour on this day of reparation is a very powerful opportunity for us to pray and ask God for his forgiveness and most of all for that preservation for life. <clears throat> so what actually happened to me the last two days was a realization, Father Chris, you need to turn to the saints. Our God gives us these powerful tools. And so I decided to turn more to the saints. Like on Wednesday, I talked about St. Sebastian. This is a guy who gave his life for the truth. And he gave everything. You know whose today's feast day is? St. Vincent. He was a deacon. Almost nobody, nobody's heard of him. When we hear St. Vincent, we think of St. Vincent de Paul. And that's good. He worked for the poor. But there was a deacon named St. Vincent who the, uh, in the Caribbean, there's an island um, called St. Vincent that was named by Christopher Columbus because it was discovered by the Europeans on today's date, January 22nd, which is the feast day of St. Vincent. Now, that's how most places were named, like St. Lawrence River when it was discovered was on the feast day of St. Lawrence. It's a really beautiful tradition all over our new world of saints' names because of this. Now, 
Who is this? St. Vincent was brought before the infamous Diocletian, just like Sebastian and others, but he was offered to be freed. He was told he could be let go and walk away if he simply threw the Holy Scriptures in the fire. And he said, I cannot. This is the truth. The scriptures are the truth and you can't exterminate the truth. No matter if you want to burn it or not, you cannot exterminate the truth. And it occurred to me, Lord, that's the answer. Regardless of what the law is, you can't crush the truth. I always laugh because people always tell me, Father Kaz is so much love. Father Chris, you are so much truth. We need them both. We have to have them both. This is the bedrock of our faith. So he wouldn't do it. He wouldn't throw the scriptures in the fire. So what happened? He was subjected to many torments because of it. He was stretched on a rack. He was torn with metal hooks. Almost kind of like if you saw the passion when our Lord was scourged. He was laid upon a frame of sharp iron bars, and then they were heated, and he was burned from underneath by fire. Now, he still didn't die. Lard and salt were then rubbed in his wounds, yet he kept his eyes raised to heaven, and he was unmoved. I don't want to get into all the graphics here. I think you get the point. The point is this man never wavered. It never broke his will. And that's how we got to be. And so no matter what happened, he faced way more tortures than we're facing. And yet he didn't break. He was put in a dungeon where the floor was made of broken ceramic pottery. And yet he sang hymns of praise and he, as he suffered. And so the jailer saw this. This is how many people were converted in the early days. This is in the early 300s. So this jailer sees him and he was astounded. And he looked into the cell and saw Vincent on his knees, suffering, agonizing, yet singing. And this jailer was blown away. He was so overcome and so wondered, what is this that he converted on the spot? That's what people need to see in us. They don't need to see me shouting about another law. What they need to see me is say, you know what? God's got this. We have hope. God's in control. This is what I think the message is. So Vincent gave that witness. Now, he then did die. And his, um, from these injuries in prison on January 22nd, today's date, 304. Now, his body was thrown into a bag and into a, uh, the water, but it was protected and saved by a raven. And this raven wouldn't let any wild beast that came to eat the remains of St. Vincent. Can you imagine a raven fighting off a wolf? He did. And so this raven took control and protected the remains of St. Vincent until the early Christians came. 
and no wild beast could touch it. And these Christians came for the body. Now, I want to finish with this. As I was reflecting on St. Vincent last night, I said, Lord, how does this tie to today? There's always a message. Every time you look at the gospel reading or you look at the saint, there absolutely is a message. And I was asking, how does this tie about abortion? And I was not coming up with anything. And I get frustrated sometimes. And, and there's times where I feel my prayer is more fruitful than others. And I took a break. And I sat down late last night. Brother Mark and I were in the conference room. And I opened my email. <laughs> there's a thousands and thousands in there. And one in the middle caught my eye. A friend had sent me an article from the BBC website. This is amazing. It was a story about Melissa Odin. This was a story that I don't know what picked me to read one email out of a thousand. But somebody sent me this email about Melissa Odin. She thought she was part of a family, but she learned at 14 years old that she was adopted. But it went deeper. As I read, this woman learned that her mother actually tried to abort her. And so she was supposed to be born dead because her mom took a toxic saline solution so that she would not be born alive. But praise be to God, she actually was born alive. That day that she was to be aborted, she was actually born weighing 2.8 pounds. But she wasn't saved. She was thrown into a medical waste because they actually thought she was dead. She wasn't showing any signs of life. So they placed this little precious 2.8 pound little fireball baby into a medical waste dump and left her there. Like the raven, a nurse swooped in. And it's the nurse who was sent by God, like that raven, to protect St. Vincent's remains. This nurse thought she was being sent in by God to protect the remains of this little baby. So she went to get the little baby out of the medical waste dump, thinking at least I could properly take the body. Maybe, I don't know, it didn't say, but maybe have a burial or proper place rather than just throwing it away. So like this raven that was sent by God to protect the remains of a dead St. Vincent, here is this nurse sent by God to protect the remains of this little girl. Now, as she did this, she heard a cry. She looked and saw this little baby move. Now it had been hours since she was born. And despite the odds, she raced the doctor to the doctors because in those days, the law is allowed if an abortion is botched and the baby is born alive, it must by law be protected. 
praise be to God. This little girl survived. She didn't know all this, this Melissa Odin. But after she did learn this, she went into depression and despair. How could her mother do this? How could her mother want to kill her? She didn't know her mother. She was 19 years old, her mother was. So after this depression and despair and frustrated what happened, she began the search for her mother, who was only 19 years older than her, and she found her. You know what she was shocked to learn? And as I'm reading this story, I'm riveted. She was shocked to learn this entire time, the 30 years, her mother thought she was dead. She didn't know she was alive. Nobody at the hospital told her. Her survival was purposely kept a secret from her mother. And she was put up for adoption. Melissa finally met her mother with an angry heart. And she said, quote, I will never, ever forget the look of regret in her eyes when I first met her. She knew her mother was heartbroken. She finally got a chance to meet her and learned that her mother, who was named was Ruth, never wanted the abortion. Ruth wanted to have the baby, but it was Melissa's mother's mother, Ruth's mother, that forced the abortion. And she worked with her friend who was an abortionist to make sure that it happened. People all thought that it was Melissa's choice. She had no say in the matter. Our mothers need support. That's what we can do. We want to make a difference. We can support those mothers. You know, Ruth, the mother of Melissa, her mom, worked in the hospital and told the staff to leave the baby in the waste dump, to die after she thought that it was born alive. This, again, is something that Melissa's mother, Ruth, never knew, that it was Melissa's grandmother who wanted it. So Melissa says, now today, she is one of the luckiest people in the world. I would have to agree with that. Praise be to God, a life was saved. Let us today, on the day of Roe v. Wade, pray for the other babies, ones that may be in jeopardy, ones that have already been lost, they can intercede for us, ones that are being contemplated to have or to be aborted. Let us pray for them. Let us take today, join us today at three o'clock for our holy hour to pray for the end of abortion. Let us pray for these babies.
You know, the last thing I wanted to say was what Melissa said at the end of this article. Because Ruth, Melissa's mom, was so overwhelmed that Melissa was alive. You don't think these mothers are good people? You don't think that these mothers are just sometimes confused? You don't think that these mothers are just sometimes scared? Do you not think that sometimes these mothers have to go against their own will? What an incredible story. Has a good ending, but unfortunately not all do. But here is a mother that when informed that her daughter actually lived, was so overwhelmed. And when this Melissa saw the look of regret in her eyes, she instantly forgave her. That's what the holy hour is going to be about today at three, to ask for the forgiveness of those who've maybe had abortions, because only God knows what these poor people are going through. It's easy for us to say you shouldn't do it, but what we need to say is we're with you. We support you and we love you. So the last thing that Melissa said was this, never forgetting the look of regret on my mother's face. I now get the, to experience the joy I now see on her face. Isn't that a beautiful story? To me, that's hope. And so from this point forward, we too need to have hope. God is in control. God has this. Yes, we have to pray for our leaders. Let us pray for all our newly elected members of Congress and, and the White House. Let us pray for them to follow the inspiration of God that the natural law puts on our heart. Let us not condemn. Let us pray. Let us not criticize or judge, but let us ask for mercy. This is truly the revelation I had over the last two nights. And I think it's genuine because you all know me, you know I'm a passionate person on this matter. And if God can take even that passion and turn it around and say, all right, realize I'm in control. Make sure the sheep are with you. I was overwhelmed because for me, that's why God sent you here. In the gospel, we just read how Jesus called 12 apostles. What you don't hear too much about in scripture is that there were thousands of disciples. The 12 apostles, yes, they had a special mission and Jesus just called them in today's gospel. But we know from history that there were thousands of disciples. That is you. You've been called to be with us as Marian helpers. You've called, been called by God to be with us in this battle. The battle will continue to rage. Am I saying we throw down our swords? No way. 
We pick up those swords, but those swords are rosaries, chaplets of divine mercy, prayers, fasting, almsgiving, and most of all, support for the family. Prayers for these mothers, because it doesn't matter what the law says. If she wants to have that baby, she can. God bless all of you for joining us in this battle, in this critical time in human history. Let us not lose hope, not get discouraged. As I keep saying, God is in control. The battle is already won. We're just trying to minimize the casualties in the process. And you, like these 12 apostles, have been called here to join us in this. God bless all of you for answering that call. And it starts today at three o'clock and it's gonna continue. Saturday, we'll do our talks again. We're gonna do our first Fridays, our first Saturdays. This is what we can change. And this is what's most important. God bless you. And may, through the intercession of St. Vincent, intercede for us, a man who was willing to die for the truth. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.